Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome back in. Here we go, hour number two on the early line. It is the grid, sportsgrid.com. He's Dan Martinez. I'm Joe Ranieri. I want to thank you guys so much for stopping by, hanging out with us here as we uh, hope May of 2020 is going to be a hell of a lot more exciting than April of 2020. But uh, as we enter this month, we had hoped that we would get a little bit more clarity when it comes to the world of sports and uh, when we might be fortunate enough to be able to get that normalcy back and turn on the TV, Dane, and uh, open up our phones and our browsers and be like, boom, look at that. We got a baseball game or more importantly, open up our FanDuel apps and be like, oh, we got a basketball game to bet on, that kind of situation there. And uh, the good news is, listen, it, there's a lot going on right now. We all know that. So, But at least now, come May 1st here, we have a little bit uh, of an idea of, of what is being negotiated and, and some of the opportunities that might present themselves to these leagues. Uh, and one, of course, first and foremost, Major League Baseball. Now we have been hearing for over a month, we've, we've heard a lot of different options. Uh, and they continue to be around that whole idea of splitting up the season among a handful of states uh, that yeah. would, uh, you know, be able to get it done playing baseball by middle to the end of June. You're looking at about 100 um you know, 100-game season. The problem is, and what we did know, is all of this is not only contingent, of course, on, on testing and those types of things. No fans are involved regardless. But the no right. fans being involved means a heck of a lot less revenue. Now, while Major League Baseball prides itself on, on cable networks and cable deals, which is certainly where they, uh, they make a, a hefty percentage of their revenue from, you know, it is a revenue-sharing league. So that is while the Yankees could be, um, you know, make hundreds and hundreds of you know, billions of dollars, they're still going to share with the Tampa Bay Rays who don't have to spend or invest that same kind of money. It's always been kind of a thing with baseball, which has always led to things like, you know, Loria and, uh, you know, used to own the Marlins and that kind of stuff really kind of sucked on a, on a lot of levels. But 40% of the revenue generated every year in Major League Baseball, and that, of course, goes to the pockets of the players, comes from fans in the stands. So 40%, 40% of the revenue comes from 100, think about it, 162 games a year, right? Both, uh, you know, split it down the middle, 81 apiece. That's a lot of games, a lot of tickets, a lot of concession, a lot of memorabilia, even for the teams that suck, when really who cares at that point because they're still sharing anyway. So the way it is geared is that while 60%, maybe a little more, of course, is for the TV, 40% of that revenue is gone, guys, if fans are not coming back to stadiums, which it's not. So when you think about that, the deal that baseball has currently with the players is that the only thing they had an agreement through was, by the way, through the end of this month, May 31st. After May 31st, there is no agreement. And that agreement, Dane, is all about Players currently, based upon experience and years of service, there is a percentage that has been agreed upon that of your yearly salary, of your yearly contract, let's say it's 25%, you will get paid 25% of your contract through May 31st. At that particular point, there is no agreement in place as to players getting paid beyond that if they don't play. Yeah. So, it, yeah. you know, you think of a, a guy that's making $20 million a year, uh, you know, he's making 25% right now sitting at home. Okay. The guy that's getting the league minimum, which is about a half a million, he's being paid basically about a hundred, you know, he's being paid as if it's a $125,000 right. deal. So that's kind of the dynamic here. But again, that goes away in June, June 1st, um, that's all gone. So unless... The players' union, and baseball has always had a much better players' union than the NBA and the NHL and everybody else, right? They usually get what they want. Owners usually, you know, put their tail between their legs in the other leagues 
and eventually come to an agreement. Uh, players don't do that in Major League Baseball. Who's going to eat that 40%? And that's going to be the problem. And oh, yeah, you are going to have a you're going to have a portion of our favorite players, guys like $400 million to Mike Trout and Harper. Suppose yeah. those guys don't want to be locked down for four months in Arizona, Florida, Texas, or wherever it may be, if that's the route they decide yeah. to go. It, there's a lot of unknown revolving the money. It's forget about the testing and the no fans. And I, that's fine. But unless there Sorry. is an agreement in place prior to June 1st, guys, um, baseball, us getting baseball back, has more to do with that than anything else at this point. Who's going to eat that 40% loss? And I can tell you right now, the owners ain't going to be like, no big deal. We'll pay your full contract. We'll eat the 40 It ain't going to happen, Dane. I I'm The fact that they even have an agreement through May 31st is kind of shocking. Right. But after that, if baseball is going to happen, it's going to happen because both sides agree to split that 40% revenue loss pretty evenly, I would think. Otherwise, there ain't going to be no baseball. guys. Listen, Joe, for weeks I've been telling you the devil is in the details, right? Yeah, this is absolutely. Details, Joe. Yep. And I've been saying that whatever happens has to be a collaborative effort among players, among leagues, yep. front offices, networks, local governments. And this is exactly part of it, right? Mm -hmm. the, and I've mentioned before that, say, some of these European soccer clubs are already saying, hey, we'll take the 10%, but not 25%, and figuring out, just like you're saying. Now, the gate is something you just mentioned, 40%, right? That means you're still getting 60%, whether it's from television revenue or whatever the case may be. So I still think 60% is better than zero. So they do. there is a motivation to get back there, right? So they can all uh, get, eventually Correct. get paid. But, yeah, this 40% slice of the pie has to be figured out. And that's why every single time it comes up, I say this has to be on some level negotiated, collectively bargained between the owners and the players union. Um, so yes, I do think this is interesting. Now, I would also say though, that whether it is leagues in Europe, whether it is other leagues like the NBA, they, they, they have other reference points. And I think there'll be a range that looks like it's adequate for all. Mm. So I would just hope, Joe, that no one takes this opportunity to play hardball, given the context that we're in, and we find a nice little landing yep. uh, spot where everyone takes a little bit of a haircut and a hit, and then we can keep on getting it uh, back in action. Yeah, and the other problem we've got going on right now in Major League Baseball, which nobody's talking about, is that the cable deal, that 60% day, they have been writing checks to baseball teams yeah for no product and they've been doing right. it on the good because hey when this thing started in the middle of march right uh, it was okay the couple of weeks in march we'll keep paying you now it's all of april and they've still paid don't know if that's going to continue but now of course you've got you know certain um states and their attorney generals who are saying whoa 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 why are they paying why are they paying for a product you ain't delivering? Like, absolutely, like, hell no, that ain't happening. So that sets a terrible precedent. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they're going to be starting, and it's already happening in the courts. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have class action suits. Where's my, I'm paying my cable bill, right? X right. amount of dollars to get sports on these. There's no sports, and yet I'm still paying for it. So you know what's going to happen. Attorney generals are going to jump all over that and be like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, give us that money back, by the way. And uh, what do you think is going to happen to Major League Baseball? They ain't going to get no more check for that 60% that you ain't providing any content for. So it really is, the testing is one thing, right? But it is minimal compared to the dollar and cents of all of this. If they don't play, Dane, they better figure it out sooner rather than later at this particular point. Listen, you know, in the first however long you want to call it, first few weeks of this, first right. month of this, mm -hmm. everyone was kind of on the benefit of the doubt. We're right. all in this together. We got to kind of figure this out. We'll do right. what we have to do. And that's nice to say. That's a good spirit to have, right? right We're way. all yep. together going through this. I get it. But Joe, as this thing lingers on, and that's where there's this kind of essential push and pull between opening up and the public health concerns of it all. And you're just mentioning other facets of life Yep. where this is happening, business. right? Yep. 
This is going to happen everywhere from your local grocery store to the television network to everywhere to, you know, hey, I can take the hit on this for one month, but now all of a sudden it's another month and all of a sudden now, oh, snap, the walls are closing in. And I don't care if you're a television network or a random middle-class family that has to pay your rent, okay? Or a store owner on, on Main Street who has to do another payroll, right? We all have the collaborative spirit but the you know the kind of uh, the goodwill will yep. run dry on some level, and that's why we've always said right the second and third and fourth order kind of considerations of this are going to start to surface and are going to start to be real issues. Yep. And I think as this drags along, we are we we are seeing that, and it becomes a very delicate balance with the still remaining existing public health concern, and now the pressure and the walls closing in on all these other factors. Absolutely, Dane. It, it's coming, guys. And and to give you a, just a, some context here, the NFL revenue stream tied to fans in the stands is 20%. It's less, right? Yeah. So, and also, conceptually, NFL players need that paycheck more than baseball players. The stars in baseball, Dane, the Mike Trouts of the World are they don't have to come back and play, and they'll be just – I'll see you in 2021, Dane, right? I'm good to go. I got – you know, I made – all them, including the guys making the veteran The younger guys are a different ball game. They, they'll play. They have to play in, in many instances because they do need that paycheck. But the NFL, for instance, is a situation where, yeah, they're, them guys will play, have to pay. They need to play because contracts are not guaranteed. They are, you know, they, the, the owners in many instances outside of the QBs got the guys by the, the short ones. Yep. Baseball, you do have a, a lot of the veterans and, and by proxy, of course, stars that we all know that we would want to watch. They don't have to play. And, oh, yeah, by the way, if they choose not to play, are you going to hold it against them that they break the contract? Or are you going to work that out as well, Dane, and say, if you're not comfortable with the plan, so be it. We get it. We'll see you in 20. But something tells me that's a whole lot of zeros. And yeah. it, that's, that's that's a lot. And the same thing with the NBA. The, the NBA is talking about going to Disney World now, right? We're going to Disney World. And I get it. We mentioned it, Dane, last month that, made total sense for the nba to consider locking because disney world for the those of you guys that have been there or if you haven't been there it basically is quarantine it's it's set up where you know all of orlando is disney world or a huge part of it so it'd be very easy to house teams and play they've got the um the wide world of sports um uh, stadiums there so they've got everything set up for it plus the housing to put these guys up in and keep them as far separated from the public as possible. So they are looking into that. They told us, uh, at least that was released, that yes, the NBA, without a doubt, considering Disney World as a venue, I think that makes total sense. But now the big question coming in here, Dane, is, and this is where a lot of people are having a hard time, what do you do with that remaining 18, 19 games? Because from a pay standpoint, again, not everybody gets paid just during the season. A lot of guys choose to go, hey, split it up over right. 12 months. Well, I mean, that's significant money that's going to disappear. 20%. If 20%. You, right. I, you're, goodbye. I'd like, and for guys going to be like, whoa, whoa, what? Right. What? I don't get it. And then you've got the other argument that you cannot crown a champion without finishing the season where the idea that you nullify everything that happened all year long without finishing, if you can get back on a court, you better play those 18, 19 games, finish it out, and then go ahead with the playoffs and crown a champion. There's a lot going on in the NBA right now where uh, there are two different sides that say you can't just dismiss 18 games like like it's no big deal, Dave. Like it's just not fair to a lot of guys and a lot of teams, and I get it. Joe, I'm going to reiterate what I said at the top of the segment. Mm-hmm. The devil is in the details, right? And these have to be collectively bargained. You bring up the example in baseball, right? Your, your $300 million player might be like, cool, I'm sitting out, right? right? Your 23-year-old second-year you know, guy is like, nah, I got to play. Guess what? 
They are both players, and they should both have a union who is thinking of um, comprehensively the rights of all of their members. Right. Okay? And because it is valid for someone making $300 million over 10 years versus someone making 400000 this year to have a different perspective from someone who's 37 years old and 24 yep. years old to have a different perspective. That is why there is a union so their rights can be advocated for collectively. And so it is going to have to happen, whether it is um, you're getting quarantined in a month down in Orlando, whether right. it is you're going to take a 15% pay cut across the board, whatever these decisions, these details are, they're going to have to be collectively bargained yep. one way or another. So what we need to get now, and maybe this is already happening, it probably is, Joe, we need all of the sides of the equation to be at a table right now together. Okay, we need government officials, we need the networks, we need the players, reps, union, and we need the front offices all together to figure out, as I keep yep. on saying, what are the details of how to do this. This is not, and the, and the reason we lay this out to you guys is because this is not as simple as, what's the problem? They're opening up right. the states, let's go. You can test the guys that they have, like there is the business aspect of this and the ramifications beyond are unbelievable and very complex. So, and again, the whole point of this, guys, is that it may not happen still, even though everything is, it may not happen because you're asking for a lot of money in return. And I get the point, Dan, and we'll talk about it coming up here and get your thoughts. If I'm Steph Curry, or if I'm the Golden State Warriors, or if I'm a team that's not in a position to play those 18 games and make the playoffs, Right. Who the hell are you? Why would in the world would you play at this point? And then how fair is that to the other teams that are? It's just it, it's yep. more complex than that. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that on whether or not they should or should they play for a championship without finishing the season first and making it a level play. We'll talk about that coming up next year. It is the early line on the grid sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, and we're back here on the early line. It is sportsgrid.com. That is sports followed by grid, followed by a dot, and then com. How do you like that? The way I just kind of stretched that out, gave it to you there word by word. He is Dane Martinez. I'm Joe Ranieri, guys. Thank you very much for stopping by on this May 1st. Uh, it is 2020, and we are optimistic, even though we are pretty much uh, ruining a lot of hopes and dreams for people uh, right now, Dane, as we lay out the Harsh reality of the economics behind getting sports back as much as we would all love it. And believe me, we would all love it. But there is a serious, and I mean serious, economic downfall from fans not coming back to these stadiums, which is a reality. Uh, and as much as we love the owners of our sports teams and how great and everyone, kumbaya, um, this is a different world altogether. And when you're talking about 40% of revenue being lost with no fans in a Major League Baseball uh, stadium, that, uh, that is not going to come out of the owner's pocket alone. Not to mention TV revenue that they've been paying for content you have not been providing. More importantly, right. Dane, you and I on our cable bills are getting hammered every month. Paying for content we ain't getting. And you don't think somebody at that point is going to hire a lawyer and be like, <clears throat> I want my money back. <laughs> like it's it's coming. So unfortunately, as we progress here when it comes to the virus and all good things on that front, and really at the end of the day, that's what's most important. 
but it's not just as simple as let's figure out a place to play, Dan, slap with a thermometer, and let's get back on the field. And the question that we are posing here is the NBA, while Disney World has presented to Adam Silver a very detailed plan, Bob Iger, the president of uh, Disney World, has gone ahead. It makes sense. Trust me, they thought about it. Anybody that's been to Orlando and Disney World, they can pull this off, no problem. Um, but the question comes, Dan, is that what are you pulling off? Are you going straight into a abbreviated playoff format, right? Um, yeah. Are you going to play the end of the season? Because there's a lot of camp. There's two schools of thoughts here. If you don't play those final 18, 19 games, first of all, that's money lost for the players and contractually as well as yeah. the owners, right? Number one. But number two, what is the everything that would have happened prior to those final 18, 19 games, Dane? What do you do with all of that? Because essentially what you're saying is that doesn't matter. Really, that's the message you're sending, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. If I'm Steph Curry or if I'm the Golden State Warriors and I know right. I ain't making the playoffs, right? The Knicks, I know. You think I'm going to send anybody out there for 18 games that could risk getting – so then again, here we are. We're in a situation where some teams, because they're in, you know, what they did through three right. quarters of a season, it's 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 not fair. So a lot of people are saying you got to play them 18 games. I don't care what you do with the playoff, but those last 18, 19 games cannot just be discarded uh, because the ramifications and what it what message it sends is not a it's not a very good one and certainly not a fair one, Dane. It isn't, but that's and that's the thing, again, when you have so many stakeholders involved, right. you have to decide, Joe, what is the priority, okay? Is the priority getting the revenue right. from, from, say, those 18 or 19 dates, right? Because you're right. If you then check that box, you're going to not check the box of mm -hmm. competitive balance, right? Let's say when, like you said, these teams that are out of the playoffs, all another 18 games are is for someone who is part of your future to have a horrible ACL tear, horrific injury that compromises the future. That's right. all those 18 games are, an opportunity mm -hmm. for something bad to happen, That's right? That's correct. And yep. so then how do they adjust with it? You wouldn't see R.J. Barrett on the floor, you know, and things of that nature. And so then the competitive balance becomes an issue. Or is it the need to get these guys ramped up? So if there is a playoffs, they can be in something of game shape. It's competing priorities, right? I agree, yeah competing priorities from like TNT or ESPN or any other network that has a deal to produce and put out that content. Yep. And that's, you're bringing up Joe, another ripple effect of what I'm saying is the devil is in the details and why this has to be a collaborative decision. Yes. Because, you know, Joe, on a simpler level in sports, it happens all the time, right? We talked about it with the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers has different priority and time frame yes. than the head coach Matt LaFleur does right? Then the GM does, then the organization does. And in the same way, uh, the NBA players have a different priority than Turner Sports and TNT does, than the state of California does, than, you know, than Adam Silver does. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you have to put everyone together in a room and understand everyone's going to have to sacrifice something, okay? What is the solution, the answer that makes everybody a little bit pissed off, but you know, and that's the best decisions True. that happen in negotiation, right? Yep. Ones that everyone is a little bit upset with. And yep. so that's what they have to figure out because there are so many different stakeholders, so many different priorities. So to just say something as a blanket idea will alienate one of your constituents. Yes. So that's why everyone has to be together and it has to be collectively bargained. I think you bring up a great, idea and reason why in this example but it goes back to the same point i've been making the whole time the devil is in the details and it's going to have to be a collectively bargained or collaborative decision yeah and the reality of this thing and it's a harsh reality is that there isn't a whole lot of incentive for a lot right. of teams to come back at all because huh. even if you why? come back right and you want to go ahead in the playoffs there are significant losses that have already taken place there is Correct. in fact i believe a, a couple of um one team in, in the west is already there 50 million dollars in the hole what incentive do they have of coming back when there's really no revenue generated there's no there's no good revenue reason to come back so if that's the case dane 
even if you are a playoff team, you've already you're gonna can you're gonna go back just to what lose more money because exactly. they don't even know and what you know, sponsorship is coming. Like who's gonna? There's got to be revenue, or otherwise, what the hell are you doing? And also, Joe, we're putting a lot of different considerations and factors on the scale, right? Yes. And seeing what's most important. Here's the other thing that we haven't said yet, Joe. And whether this is huge or small, I don't know. Well, the doctors will tell us to come back. There is still some level of risk that people are taking on, Joe. Right. right? Maybe it's less than it was two weeks ago. But you asked the, uh, you know, team X, like the, the, the Detroit Pistons or whatever team that's out of the playoffs, right? right? I understand the fiscal concerns, the revenue, the getting into shape, the fulfilling of contracts, all that good stuff. But for those players to come back, they are all, they are also taking on some level of risk, mm-hmm. you know, to contract the virus, to spread the virus. It's just another thing to consider. And that is why, yeah. because there's so many considerations, so many priorities for so many different audiences, they've got to be at the table together and figure this out. That's why collective bargaining agreements happen. And there's a need for one now to figure out how the details of coming back look like. And I got to tell you, even if they, let's say they just went and played the playoffs, Right, they put together a play. If, and I'd be willing to say, if Milwaukee, if the Lakers, if the Clippers win the title, right, we're all laying our head down at night, going, "Ah, you see that? It worked out just the way we we thought." But if the Miami Heat, the Oklahoma City Thunder, or somebody else were to win the title in those circumstances, there is no way that title is looked upon as as being real or being. And then you got to go like, what the hell is now you're a fake champion. And that causes right. a whole nother set of problems, man, because the reality is, would, would the Miami Heat, would the Oklahoma City Thunder be a champion if there was no coronavirus? So that's what I'm saying, right? Uh, it's, so- it's tough, man. It's, it's tough when you look at it from, you know, from the optics of it. Like, so you're telling me, even if you go in and crown a champion, if that champion is somebody outside that what we and I believe last check, Dave, right? The the actual NBA champion numbers were the favorites were the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That is so correct. any other team wins it, guess what? Fake champion. This is ridiculous. Right. You should have just canceled it all. To... Holy crap, does that bring on a problem? The door is open in so many ways already, Joe. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. So like, you're right. You're telling me there's not uh, an injured star on any of these teams that now with another two months can get back at it? I saw, and I'm not saying there's a playoff team necessarily or a threat to be a contender. I saw John Wall say, hey, if we pick back up in July, I'm mm-hmm. ready to go. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, So that level of um, uh, infidelity, right, to the mm-hmm. idea of the the the... Uh, the I'm forgetting the word, but, you know, the the ability to say that this was a real season in right. the right way. We've already, that ship has already sailed. That's sailed. That there's so there's no way we can legitimize any of this one way or the other. Right. right. People are going to have that asterisk out there. Think about this, Joe. Um, I believe it was 1999, because mm-hmm. they just talked about it on the last dance, right? Remember right. the strikes season? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was yep. against the Knicks after a 50-game season, okay? Um, there's questions about that, right? There's Still. questions about that. What happened if they played a whole season? Is that a real gauntlet of it all? And so, yeah, I think you just put it right, Joe. The ship has already sailed for this being good a normal point. season champion. Yeah, okay, it's so, a good point. Yeah, it's gonna be yep. an asterisk no matter what happens. And I'm holding tickets, Joe. I'm holding future tickets right now, like you said, for the Miami Heat, uh, for yep. the Boston Celtics for example. So we'll see, but everybody had, uh, like, would Kevin Durant be able to play? Well, Steph Curry had already come back, right? So, like, what is the incentive for Steph Curry? And listen, if I'm coming back, A, I got to make revenue. B, I want to see my stars. Like, I and sure. Steph Curry ain't coming back for five to ten games. For what? You, like, hell no. Regardless, okay? Yeah. Never going to be... And we said it's the same with baseball also, right? Mm-hmm. There are pitchers who would not be able to play if, if opening day was at the end of March, beginning of April. But yes. now, let's go. I ain't missing any time. Let's rock. Yep. You know? So, I mean, that ship has sailed, Joe. 2020 yep. is already the Twilight Zone year. And we yep. all have to just accept that on some level. Uh, listen, I think the one thing I'm very confident about in the NBA, and I'm glad that it's come out, is that they have figured – because the NBA location, location, location – 
I also think the NBA is so uniquely suited because of the number of players and the groups of people that would need to travel, Dana, are a hell of a lot smaller than what baseball brings to the table, right? So I having the ability to have and a plan in place that you could go to like a Disney World and do all of the necessary um, you know, precautions in place. And that's a hell of a lot easier to do when you got eight, nine dudes on a team, Dan, as opposed to, and we're talking right. about expanded rosters, no minor league baseball. So right. 40 dudes plus the staff. And I mean, holy crap. Like, so it's, uh, yeah. So I do think the NBA has got a leg up on all the other leagues because of that. Uh, and I do think that this would work out perfectly, but they're going to have to figure out the number here and they're going to have to figure out, is there a way to be able to hammer out the 18 games, even, even use it as a possible get in shape kind of thing, Dan, use right, the, right, right. right. You know what I mean? And that's okay to use those 18 games as a way to be able to work up to the playoffs anyway. I think right. that would be the perfect scenario if they could work that out. Because if it's just you, you can probably hammer out 18 games, Dane, in two weeks. You know what I mean? Right. But you still have the same problem, Joe, around team's motivation, right? If you're out right. of the playoffs, right. even if you're using it as a preseason or as a ramp up to get into game shape for the playoff teams, right? right. Again, you know, who, who are the Sacramento Kings going to go send? Right. Why would the Sacramento Kings put De'Aaron Fox with Buddy Heels on the court at all? Right. This year. Yeah. Right. Like it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so, the, you know, the factor of competitive balance continues to be one of the factors that are in there. It's the same thing to consider if MLB is going to align the national and American leagues based mm -hmm. on geography and based on their spring training locations. Sure. Maybe that checks the box of ultimately getting a product out there for the fans. Sure. Maybe that checks the box of content for the networks. But does it check the box right. of players' rights or competitive balance. We don't know. There's just so many considerations and priorities. we got to figure out something that works for most and that everyone can stomach as a solution. The NHL also uh, quietly continues to uh, push forward. They look like they are beginning to reopen facilities in uh, the middle of uh, mid to late May is what the plan is. Of course, barring any ridiculous setbacks or anything happening there. And they are also, they've pretty much honed in on this opportunity to do a 24, I believe it was a uh, 2014 playoff format um, in there uh, once they get back to it. So uh, that's a late June, early July window that they could come back and resume and get the playoffs going. Uh, 12 teams in each, of course, in each conference, being able to hammer it out. Um, which is pretty interesting. They've already came up with that idea, Dane. Like, so they want to open up the, the arenas here beginning this month, get everyone in shape, and then by middle to end of June, start going 2014 format, 12 and 12, and then get it going. They are, they're moving forward quietly and nobody is mentioning it, but they're going to go ahead. They almost finished the season as well. They started before the NBA. So right. the, the NHL is really, in their timeline, they're going to be crowning a champion even in July. They, they are going to have an NHL Stanley Cup champion. Maybe that's the sport we should really concentrate on saying that we are going to have hockey back maybe more important, better, better chance than we're going to have the NBA or Major League Baseball. So, listen, they have that plan, and you just articulated parts of the plan, right? right. To me, the different considerations. It's like they are addressing yeah. some of the stakeholders in a different way. 24 teams, an expanded playoff, right? So my competitive balance and the motivation for players or teams, there's an answer that Damn. way. Yep. One of the things we talked about, though, Joe, was will this year's solution compromise next year? So the idea of starting up again in July and have it being an expanded playoff puts things in the future kind right. of potentially on the cutting room floor, right? And so maybe the NHL is deciding we're going to prioritize champion, uh, crowning a champion for this season, and we may have to start next year late, right? Or we may have to sacrifice the free agency period in the offseason. Yep. Meanwhile, the NBA 
may not want to compromise the start of next season, may have a different kind of approach to their drop dead date. We've heard the NFL says like, yep. hey, if it's past October 15th, we can't, you know, so every league is thinking about it different ways because there's so many considerations yep. under consideration. Yeah, they seem to be the most on the same page of all the leagues, believe it or not. So uh, we'll see. We could be uh, in the dead of summer, be crowning an NHL champion, which would be kind of cool. All right, final segment coming your way here. It is the early line. It is sportsgrid.com. We'll be back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, welcome back in here. It is the uh, final segment here on this May the 1st, 2020, the early line. Welcome in. It is sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. And uh, listen, this is a, uh, it is a somber weekend here, Dane, as we head into it. Uh, while we are excited at, uh, on one hand to be in May finally and, and good riddance to April, uh, but we are uh, hopeful and remain optimistic that uh, sports will be here and that we will, uh, over the summertime, have plenty of opportunities to enjoy our favorite sports as well as be able to handicap and, uh, and bet on it as well. But we've also, what could have been, uh, as we yeah. number of sporting events that have been canceled, and we're talking legacy yeah. events, uh, some Not have been postponed. Cool. Yeah. Some have been postponed, and, and hopefully we'll get them before the year is out. But there's always that something special about this time of year here where it, it kind of it signals, <laughs> right? It, it signals a lot of things for a lot of different people. And, of course, the 146th running of the Kentucky Derby uh, would have taken place uh, tomorrow, Saturday, on May 2nd. Uh, however, that hasn't been canceled. That's been pushed down to September 5th. So it's kind of been postponed. So yeah. shortly after that announcement came out, Dan, and listen, hats off to horse racing, who has been steadfast. And nobody talks about it, but a lot of people have gotten very much into horse handicapping and horse racing because it is the only game in town in a lot of aspects here across the board. And they've done an amazing job of staying true and providing us uh, an outlet that way. And the Oaklawn. Uh, you know, of course, the Arkansas Derby, which is the 84th running of the Arkansas Derby, which is a big race that usually, um, you know, coincides with triple crown races and really gives us a, a glimpse into a possible future champion. Um, well, they moved also, and they moved to tomorrow. So we do have some horse racing that matters, Dane. Uh, only the scheduling got a little mixed up. We'll have to wait until September 5th to see uh, if whoever wins this race tomorrow. Uh, will be a uh, triple crown winner of some sort here. We'll right. see. Uh, but the whole, everything has changed, Dane. So, uh, I mean, even the Arkansas Derby, besides the dates, the format has uh, changed. And there's a lot of great racing. To, I mean, the Oaks, a lot of these races that we looked forward to seeing prior to the Kentucky Derby are going to happen tomorrow. Still prior to yeah. the Kentucky Derby, just a little further down the road. But we're talking... All sorts of different formats here, Dane, than what we're used to. Yeah. So there's a number of kind of ripple effects there, yeah. right? And that's what we've been talking about this entire hour, Joe. Okay. So um, on the pure scheduling of it all, right? Kentucky Derby, usually the first Saturday in May. Right. Let's remember also last year what happened in the Kentucky Derby, right? For the first time ever, the winner disqualified and all that movement. Remember it well. That happened. Remember it? Absolutely. Um, so when they moved, Okay, just like how the NFL draft was like, oh, wow, we're the only game in town. Let's do it. The, the good folks over at Oakland were like, wait a second. The first Saturday in May is now open for grabs. We'll move our biggest day of our meet here in Arkansas, and we are still running. Okay, uh, we'll move it to that premier date on the horse racing calendar. So that's why they, like, grabbed that date as soon as it was vacated right. by the Kentucky Derby, right, down in the Twin Spires. But then also the, as I talk about, Joe, the competitive balance aspect. 
has to be thought of, okay, on a number of levels. One, you mentioned, Joe, these races, the Arkansas Derby, the Louisiana Derby, the Florida Derby, the Wood Memorial, and others are known as the quote-unquote Triple Crown prep races. That's right. And you are winning in these races, finishing in the top three of these races. You accumulate a certain amount of points, and you need to have a certain amount of points to qualify to be in the Triple Crown races. Correct. Okay? So some of these jockeys, trainers, they still need to run in these races to become eligible for the Triple Crown. Meanwhile, some horses who have already like qualified, they don't need to. They're your Steph Curry, Joe, right? Like, why go out there and play for the playoffs if we ain't going to be in there anyway, or if we've, you know, con- you know, uh, kind of locked up our spot anyway. Right. So some horses, uh, tis the law among them, who have good showings, they don't need it. They're going to instead figure out how do they get trained and ready to go for September, just like our U.S. Olympians are figuring out how do I get trained and ready to go for summer of 2021. Okay? But then the other intriguing point here for horse uh, fanatics, Joe, and I know you know this, in, K- in the Kentucky Derby, they run 20 horses, okay? It's a big old gate. Everyone knows how it, how it is. They add the extra auxiliary gate. They ain't doing that at Oakland, Joe. No. Okay? Only fit 14, but there are so many of these horses that still need this race for the qualifying points. They have decided to do this race tomorrow, and that's why I think it's going to be awesome, in two divisions, Joe. Yes. They're going to run two Arkansas derbies. They're going to split the purse. They're going to split the odds. And so there will be 22 horses running, but across two races, to earn the points for the Kentucky Derby. I did just, Joe, think it was important to kind of set the context Absolutely. and the stage. Yep. Some, of the, some of the horses won't. And even why some of the horses, you know, Bob Baffert's crew in California, while they have to ship out to Arkansas to earn points for the Triple Crown. That's correct. Yep. It's, uh, it's so unique, Dane. I mean, honestly, uh, the fact that when we're talking 146, Kentucky Derby, guys. That's 146 years. We've never seen in 146 years this craziness here. Right? In the country. It, it's n- nuts. I, it's just absolutely crazy on so many levels. But after 146 years, the one thing we can guarantee is that um, they're going to figure it out. Like they are going to yeah. figure it out. These prep right? They. This is the way they came up with. I thought it was great. I thought that they made a decision early, Dane, on this. They stuck with it. And boom, this is where we are now. We've got what normally would be a million-dollar uh, purse race is now two $500,000 divisions, yeah. like you said. And when you've – I got to get the full 170. Each race is going to have the full 170 points uh, that you can get in order to be able to qualify for the Derby. Now, it's also important to understand – some of these horses, they've already qualified. They already got enough points in order to be in there. So there are a significant portion of the 22 horses that they needed this race. They need the opportunity to get those points in order to move on to the Kentucky Derby. Right. Yeah, right. So, and, and that's kind of where we got. So you've got Division One, Division Two. Both are kind of filled with interesting horses along the way. And, of course, tomorrow, Dane, will uh, – uh, we'll actually dive in. We've got a special one-hour uh, early line where we're going to go over it. We'll bring some uh, some of our favorite horse handicappers on here, and we'll kind of break down the races for you. Uh, but it is so unique from that standpoint of some of these horses, Dan. It's more of a workout than anything, not from a point value, kind of a test. Um, but you've got all, yeah. Bob Baffert and, and Brad Cox and all the big-time trainers, oh. guys. They're all represented in these two races, and it's going to be – uh, some great races. What a great racing card all day long in Arkansas coming up uh, tomorrow, Dane. They are trying to be the poor man's version of the Kentucky Derby tomorrow, yep. right? It's going to be great. There's an opportunity for me to be the only game in town. Let me take advantage of that opportunity. I know tomorrow we'll get a little bit deeper into some of the favorites, into yep. some of the jockeys, the trainers with our guests. But I do, you know, from a big picture standpoint, Joe, um, you know, the ponies are still running, and these guys are approaching it now as I've got to get ready for the Triple Crown. It's all just shifted, and the spotlight will be in Oakland Park. So a couple of – just to throw a, a couple of names out there, guys, of uh, how important this race has been in the Triple Crown uh, aspect of it over the years. And 
Um, this is the second time. It's funny. They had used to do this format with the two divisions years ago. I think the last time they did it was like 1960. Um, oh, but wow. obviously they, they have the opportunity to go back to it and they're doing it because of the amount of horses here. But we are talking about um, uh, Bodie Meister, American Pharaoh, yeah. Classic Empire, yeah. Omaha Beach, like the winner of this usually they turned out to be a pretty that's how big this race is and nobody ducks this race this is a race that if everything had gone normally uh there is a good chance that you're looking at whoever wins this race being the favorite come the kentucky derby so that's how big it is but again we're talking a 14 race day uh coming up here at uh the arkansas derby it's going to be huge day of racing and we'll have you covered here dane and uh 22 horses many people immediately like wow that's that's a lot of breakdown there is some fluff in this race but there are clearly opportunities for a couple of these horses who are going to be contenders here dane for the rest of the year i'm looking very forward to seeing how some of these horses uh, react and go up against the better competition with, yeah. you know, Charlatan and the dot. There's yeah. a there's a number of these horses that are going to be going to be a lot of fun watching them go head to head against each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, these races in the normal circumstances are kind of like yep. measuring sticks, right? Yeah. Where all the three year olds are together. They're trying to earn the points ultimately for the Triple Crown. But they're running against each other in the Louisiana Derby, in the Arkansas Derby, in the Wood Memorial. And we're starting to see who the contenders are. These become measuring stick races. You yep. said some of the big time names, Charlotte and Governor Morris and others. And this is usually also, you know, a lot of the big contenders come from California, Joe. Okay. The, the Bafford stable, That's right? Correct. And these are pretty much first time where Bob Baffert ships his horses out east to see how they measure up and that is the case he's got I will get deeper into it I'm sure but he's got the favorite in both division one and division two whether it be Nadal in the second race going off right now at five to two or charlatan who is even money Joe yep. and I think this new schedule helps charlatan a lot he's only run twice this yep. is going to be his first grade one stakes races uh, for this horse charlatan but everybody thinks He's got the good. So the fact that the Kentucky Derby is like four or five months later than it usually is could be something that helps the Bafford horse, Charlotte. Yep. Wells Bayou is another one. Brad Cox will also be in there. And, and both both divisions there, guys, are going to be very interesting to see how that works out. But, of course, we'll get you caught up with everything that you need uh, to know tomorrow. We'll do a very special early line, and we will focus on a great day of racing uh, at Oak Lawn for the 84th Arkansas Derby. Uh, in other news here, guys, we'll touch on as we head into the weekend. We also know that uh, we've been talking about it all week long. When it comes to the NFL, now that the draft is over, there are some decisions to be made with some very key players around the league known as the fifth-year option, and what are you going to do? Yeah. And one of those players, we had said, yeah, get ready, guys. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is coming up for a fifth-year option here. Now, obviously, that is the benefit of drafting a quarterback in the first round, giving him the opportunity to be able to control that fifth year, pick up the option, and pay them a, a lot less money than what you normally would have had to pay them if you would have needed to extend it. So... He signed an original, and this is, he was the 10th overall pick in 2017, Mahomes. He's got the final year of the deal of a four-year, obviously, four-year, $16.4 million rookie contract. So think about that. They just won a Super Bowl. In four years, they paid this dude $16 million. Okay, that's what they paid him. Now, the option, obviously, is for more money, uh, but it's still going to be a hell of a lot less than what it would have been at if you had to renew him, right? That number, uh, guys, and Kansas City first had to decide whether or not they were going to exercise that option. So guess what? They did, of course, uh, make uh, yesterday the announcement that Kansas City is picking up the option. They fully plan, as does Mahomes, being in Kansas City for the long haul. But that means they're going to have to figure out a long-term deal. But the first step in this process is agreed to pick up the option where – they will pay him just about $25 million next year and then work on a deal after that. If he plays, of course, and agrees to play for $25 million, 
Um, that's what they're looking at. So, and just to give you context, that's why we talked about earlier, guys, in our one, why that Jordan Love move made no sense from the standpoint of Green Bay when you're paying Aaron Rodgers $30 million for two more years. Like, it didn't make any sense. Well, here it is. Um, Mahomes is going to get paid. He's going to get $25 million this year, Dane, on this option, which isn't bad. But he's, I know they're both, both sides are trying to figure out how to lock him up long term. They're still going to work on the long term deal, right? That's just, right. it's almost like the rookie franchise tag, Joe. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's that one exactly. Yep. That kind of kicks the can down the road, and the team decides whether to exercise that fifth year option. And that's what I was saying when it related to the Houston Texans, Joe, right? Yes. The team will pick up an option on Deshaun Watson. But then that next year, the question is, does Deshaun Watson want to test the open market? And this happens with first round draft picks, Joe, going into that year five of the rookie deal. That's why we've heard about it for guys like Jamal Adams, the Jets. Um, it looks like Mike Williams, the receiver of the Chargers, had his fifth year option picked up. But this is where we get to, like I mentioned earlier in the show, that fork in the road. Does the franchise want to work with you and have you be a part of that long-term future? Right. This just, you know, kind of gives them more time to figure it out. Or does it not get picked up and you wind up on the scrap heap or looking for another team or looking for a backup role? Yep. And uh, I'm fairly certain he'll he'll take the $25 million on the option. They will work sure. something out and work towards that uh, for the, the time being. Exactly. Bottom line is first player in NFL history to win league and Super Bowl MVP honors before his 25th birthday. I don't think they'll have a problem locking him up long term there, Dane. Uh, also, Chris Jones, of course, on the defensive side, they franchise tagged him. Uh, they got some decisions to make here, Kansas City, yeah. as they head into they can kick it down the road that can a little for a little while, Dane, uh, up until this season. But. Uh, I know both sides want to get something done before the 2020 season, but if it doesn't, 25 million is coming that way towards Patrick, and then they will work it out. But he might have a second ring under his belt by that time, Dane, and then I don't even know what the cost of that is going to be. But all right, that does it for us here. Early line again tomorrow. Make sure you join us here. Very special edition of the early line as we cover the Arkansas Derby. We'll spend an hour with some of our favorite horse handicappers. Uh, we'll look to uh, make you some money there. If uh, if it's been a little while since you threw a couple of puzzles down, you know what I'm saying, Dan? We'll, we'll have an opportunity to do that tomorrow. Good stuff, breaking Good. down our favorite races. It's coming your way. So keep it here all day long here. And I promise you, once sports comes back, um, it'll be very profitable to know that you, uh, you are at sportsgrid.com. He's Dane Martinez. I'm Joe Ranieri. Stay safe here today. Join us again tomorrow as we look to make some money for the Arkansas Derby. Have a good day. We'll talk to you again then. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.